You're listening to Afraid to Ask. This is a podcast where you send us questions that you're afraid to ask and we answer them for you. My name is AJ. And I'm Helen and today we're talking to Professor Bart Freyans. He's a Professor of Finance at AUT. He's also the Director of the Auckland Centre for Financial Research. He's going to talk to us about KiwiSaver. What is it? Where's that money going and when can I spend it? It's a real good episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and if you have a question that you're afraid to ask, please tweet it to us with the hashtag AskAUT and it could be the subject of a future episode. Let's get on to the show. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? I say who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on first. What's the deal with airplane peanuts? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? At this point I'm too afraid to ask. Today we're going to be talking about uh, KiwiSaver, which is the local version of a work-based retirement savings scheme. No, does that sound right? So yeah. there's various various um, work-based retirement savings schemes around the world. KiwiSaver is the, the New Zealand flavour, I suppose, of that. Um, so I guess we can talk about some of the stuff that's unique to KiwiSaver, but also more broadly, I think, some of those things that sure, um, people yeah. might want to know about investing. But KiwiSaver itself, I mean, I mean, what is it? Because it's been going for 10 years um, here in New Zealand. So um, what is KiwiSaver, if you were explaining it to somebody? All right, sure, yeah. Say so, someone who doesn't know anything about it. Maybe someone in this room. No, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so KiwiSaver was introduced, I guess, in 2007. Um, and it's essentially it's it's uh, a retirement scheme, and it was sort of introduced with the idea of passing this big liability that the government has of looking after people when they come to retirement back to people themselves. So uh, you, as a um, income earner, you are now responsible for your own retirement savings. Mm-hmm. Um, and you basically put this money into your KiwiSaver scheme, and then each month a contribution is made into that scheme. Um, and then hopefully by the time you retire, that ad- adds up to enough to cover your retirement expenses. That's that's basically okay. in a nutshell the idea behind KiwiSaver. So, I mean, 10 years ago, what what was the catalyst for it? Like, why did they decide, yep, now's, now's good, because there's... You look at Australia, and it's been—they've been doing this for a, you know a couple of decades now. So, so what was it that yeah. we we suddenly had to had to start um, start saving for our retirement? Yeah, well, I don't know if there was a specific uh, reason behind this, but it's it's something that has been happening around the world, right? So, uh, normally in many many countries. Um, retirement schemes used to be government operated so the government would save money for you to retire Um, but governments realize that this is actually a very 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 big liability on their side Um, and a great risk to the government as well because they have to meet all these um, um, future expenses Uh, and so that's really the idea behind it and like I said you see this all around the world Uh, and I guess especially You know, when you think about issues around aging populations, more people being in retirement, uh, you know, government-run schemes like they run in the Netherlands, for example, become very, very expensive because the people paying tax are paying for the people that are retired. Um, So a switch to something like a KiwiSaver scheme, where it basically is you who are contributing to your own retirement saving and you're saving for yourself, doesn't put the burden on other people. Right, and that's sort of the idea behind this move away from these government schemes to these 
personal schemes, I guess, where you save for your own retirement. Uh, and it's a trend, I guess, we see uh, around the world. Uh, more countries are adopting this uh, approach or contemplating it. Yeah. So, I mean, what are we actually, you say we, um, we're putting our money into KiwiSaver schemes. What are, where's this money going? What are we investing in exactly? Um, um, well, that's, that's up to you. So, uh, as a KiwiSaver investor, um, when you start a job, you basically sign up. Your, your employer will have, um, what's the word, uh, a standard KiwiSaver provider that you sign up with. Um, but it's actually up to you as an employee yourself to choose which KiwiSaver provider you want to be with and what type of investment uh, you actually want to make. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so the practical side of it is that uh, simply money gets deducted from your account each month. So 3% comes out of your gross salary, which is topped up by 3% from your employer. Um, that money basically goes through the IRD and is then funneled into the KiwiSaver fund that you have selected or your employer has selected for you and you didn't choose to change anything. Right. So that's how the scheme runs in, in practice, I guess. So... Yeah, I've got I've got a few. I don't know if they're problems. I think they're concerns or questions that, that I have because I, when I had my first um, big boy job, I looked at my my payment when it came through the, for the first time, and there was a some kind of note about KiwiSaver, and I'm guessing it's a box that I forgot I ticked on my contract or something like that. Um, but yeah, so it's taking money and putting it in a place, and I was like, I think my first reaction was like, oh, well, I don't want that, and I went to go try turn it off and. I don't think I figured that out. I don't know if you can. <laughs> but like, what? so it's saving for your retirement. Yes. That's so yeah. what counts as retirement? Could I say, could I announce I'm retiring tomorrow and get that uh, $3 that's in my KiwiSaver account? Yeah, so there, there is an age threshold. So you have to be 65, okay. right? And then you can start, basically, uh, when you turn 65, you can choose to take all the money out of your KiwiSaver mm-hmm. account. Um, or you can leave it in there and withdraw from it, mm-hmm. um, right? Um, and again, the mechanics behind it is, so when you start a job, you're automatically enrolled and it's it's up to you to actually opt out of this if you want to, right? right. Uh, and this is, I guess, the reason why many people who don't un- understand the opt-out process, mm-hmm. that they end up with KiwiSaver and they don't know exactly yeah. <laughs> where they are and, and, and who they are with and how it works. Mm. Um, so that's, that is a bit of, yeah, uh, an issue for people. So, right? yeah, so... Y- you have to be sixty five to be able to, to get it unless you unless you opt out. If you opt out, do you get the money back then? Uh, no, no, no. So opt out means that you don't participate in the scheme, okay. right? Um, so once you are in and you're now locked in, you can't opt out of the scheme, right? Oh, so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in it for life. I can never yeah. leave. Well, until I'm sixty five. So, um, so I don't actually have to announce I'm retiring at sixty five. I could keep working at sixty five. Yes, still be you able can. To yeah, access yeah, the money. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's your money. It's essentially it's well. Think of it like a, a, a bank account that mm-hmm. is monitored by mm. whoever you're with, whoever your provider is, right? Okay. Uh, and they make investments based on, uh, I guess, the profile of the scheme that you were either enrolled with or chose to be enrolled with. Right? Yeah. So there are different schemes in terms of how that money gets invested. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, AJ's in KiwiSaver, um, even though he attempted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Hotel California. Yeah. Um, but um, 
you know, he's 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 a bit younger than than me. Um, so what's the benefit? Of, like he's he started at Kiwi Saver in his twenties and started saving for his retirement in his twenties. That's going to yep. be a lot. And he, is he going to have benefit much more from this from yes. somebody? Yeah. So that that kind of what do they call it? Soft compulsion. Um, yeah. Where they've they've got him over the line. That's yeah. that's going to pay off. Yes, yeah, and I think that was one of the, the, the motivations behind it, right? To say, well, we'll not go for an opt-in scheme where you have to sign up for this because then probably you wouldn't have. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we'll go for an opt-out and then, yeah. and then hope that many people don't opt-out uh, and sort of stay in there. But that's absolutely correct. So, um, um, and, and this is known around the world, right? When you think about retirement saving, it's, it's very, very important that you start doing this very early. Right. So when you start your first job, that's actually when you need to start saving for retirement, mm-hmm. even though you're not thinking about retirement. Right. Uh, and so this is the big issue we see, uh, I guess, in other countries as well, where people start to get worried about retirement when they turn, you know, 45, 50, you know, and retirement is getting close and they think, now I need to start saving. Yeah. Um, but in fact, at that point, you're actually too late. Right. Uh, the good thing is to be in early because... Uh, you get your money invested, you earn interest on this, you earn interest on interest, and this accumulates and this grows exponentially. So mm-hmm. the earlier you're in, the better it is for you. So yeah, okay. that's a good thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I trust you. <laughs> I, trust the, I trust my bank, I guess. Um, so, I mean, and that's what I was going to ask is like, so AJ, having started young, mm-hmm. I mean, is he, you know, is he going to have... What's his retirement going to look like? Is he going to... That's assuming I make it to retirement. <laughs> well, I mean... Well, yeah. <laughs> Not to be too dark. But... I know. That, yeah. that, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> um, so he's he's got to 65. He's decided that, yes, maybe he will stop working or dial it back a little bit. Um What's it going to look like because he started saving so young? Yeah, well, that that really depends on how that money is invested. And that's, I think, uh, the big factor with KiwiSaver. And that's a big concern that many, many people have is because you have to make the investment decisions yourself. So Mm -hmm. the outcome depends on the decisions that you made. And um, if you haven't made any decisions on this and you don't know what scheme you're in, you might end up in a situation where you might not have enough or you might have too much not, uh, okay. yeah. too much so, money what a problem to have that will be a problem yeah. for you won't it? <laughs> oh my goodness so if we're talking about decisions I mean what are those important decisions what does um, AJ's very hands off approach now but you know if he was going to get stuck in and make some decisions about his KiwiSaver what, what are those important things that are really going to shift the needle in terms shift of like um, is it baked beans on toast or um you know cruises for six months of the year i don't know sure, do you want to yeah. retirement? what your what your retirement dream is both of those oh, right. yeah. something like that yeah no so, so the biggest decision i think that people have to make is around uh, how that money is actually invested and and uh, most of the kiwi saver schemes most of the investment funds here in new zealand um, they make this distinction between what they call income assets and growth assets right the income assets are very very safe secure investments that you have almost like bank accounts or loans to companies and then you've got your growth assets which are stocks uh, property Uh, they've got a lot of risk but also a lot of potential to Mm -hmm. to generate a lot of money Um, and that's the most important decision that you have to make uh, when it comes to your uh, retirement money and 
basically, I guess the rule of thumb is that if you're young, you tilt more towards those growth assets, right? Because the idea is that, you know, stock markets go up and down, you know, and these swings sort of cancel out over time. In the long run, you'll probably end up with more money than a very, very safe strategy. So that's that's the most important decision that people have to look at. You know, what KiwiSaver investment profile am I in? Um, and so these profiles go from conservative to moderate, balanced growth, and some have aggressive growth even, right? And you can sort of choose uh, which which investment scheme you should be with. Yeah. So how do you know what's right for you? How do you know? So basically, um, I, I guess many of the tools that help you, they will ask you questions about how long will it take until your retirement, right? And if it's a long period until retirement, um, then that means tilt more towards the growth assets, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so if you go to sorta.org, they've got one of these uh, tools, these calculators, or if you go to a KiwiSaver provider, they have these tools as well. And you sort of click this in, right? How many years until retirement? They'll ask you a bit about your risk profile as well, right? So how comfortable do you feel with this, mm -hmm. right? So you can go all growth assets, you know, hoping that you will make lots of money, but then if you don't sleep at night anymore, yeah. that's also not good. Yeah. Uh, so, so your risk profile has a little bit of influence in this as well. Uh, but I guess the golden rule is the longer you have to retirement, the more you tilt towards those growth assets. You mentioned risk. What I mean, what is what, what are we talking about in terms of investment? What is risk? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> there's a very very long answer to this. Oh, so, oh, so oh, <laughs> on, everybody. <laughs> so here we go. Right. Two hours. <laughs> no, no, no. But in a, in a nutshell, in in, in finance, uh, risk is essentially uh, the uncertainty that you have in the value of your position, right? Okay. Um, so. Stock prices go up, stock prices go down, right? Uh, at some point in time, I might lose lots of money. At some point in time, I might gain lots of money. That's that's how we define risk in financial markets, right? Um, what is really important to understand, I think, for retirement saving is that concept of risk. So there's lots of fluctuations, but there's also a second type of risk that you have, and that's the risk of shortfall, right? So... Um, Basically being by the time you turn 65, you end up with insufficient funds to keep you through retirement. And that's a big risk that you have as well, right? We call that shortfall risk, right? Um, and now typically what we see, and this is the reason why I was saying, you know, when you're younger, you tilt more towards growth assets. Because if you're young and you stick with very, very safe investments, putting your money in bank accounts, you know, uh, term deposit, just earning interest rates, uh, your investment strategy is very, very safe but you will be almost certain that you will not have enough money in retirement, okay. right? So it's a very safe investment strategy, but there's a huge shortfall risk because you're going to end up with insufficient funds in retirement, mm -hmm. right? Um, when you tilt more towards growth assets, that fluctuation in these positions actually goes up, but the risk of actually falling short when retirement comes, that actually reduces, right? Because you have the higher earning potential of these, of these growth assets, right? Um, so there's this trade-off that you have between the risk of falling short and the safety of the assets that you have. And like I said, the longer you have to retirement, the more serious this shortfall risk is to you. So you're more concerned with that than the risk that you have from the stock, uh, stock market fluctuations. And the closer you are to retirement, um, well, I guess the safer your investment strategy has to be because, well, uh, hopefully by that time you've already built up some funds. Uh, and you have a better view of what your potential shortfall is going to be. 
right? Um, but it's a very, very difficult question to to answer. And uh, I don't know, I'm probably leading into your next question now. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I'm, not, I'm not sure what my needs are. What's going to be? And that's, and that's the question of how much money do you need to retire? I, and that was, I had just written, how much do we need for yeah, retirement? Uh, that's, that's a very, very good question. That's a very difficult question, actually. Um, and not one that I can give a very general answer to. Um, because it really depends. It, it depends on a couple of things. It depends on the lifestyle that you want when you retire. It depends on how much, how many other assets you have accumulated during your lifetime. Um, and very dark, it depends on, on how long you're going to live, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if you're expecting to live 20 years past retirement or 30 years past retirement. Um, so so that's, that's an estimation, I guess, um, that people will have to make, right? And it's a, it's a very difficult estimation to actually do uh, as an individual without the help of a financial advisor who can give you some advice and say, look, this is the target that you have to reach in order to do this. Um, a very, very rough rule of thumb um, that some people sort of put forward is what you need to have in your retirement balance is eight times your last earned salary. Okay. Right? And that will sort of get you through the next 25 years sort of recently but like i said you know it all depends on you know whether, so, you, whether you own a house or whether you're still paying on a mortgage or you know so uh, last earned salary so like yes or like per year so say like your salary is like 50k a year yeah you want, you want eight times that yeah you want about four hundred thousand in that Ooh. balance yeah. So it's quite a lot of money. but yeah. and, and again, and this is the reason why you start early, right? Yeah, um, I'm just not convinced that 3% coming out of my bank each payment is yeah. my KiwiSaver is going to yeah. get me there by 65. So, but it's it's your 3% plus 3% from your employer. Of course. Right? So right. you get 6%, uh, you get some tax benefits. But it's an issue that has been raised as well. And in mm-hmm. other countries, contribution rates are indeed higher. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. This is the other thing I would say is is don't just rely on KiwiSaver to cover your retirement. Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, you know, try to accumulate some other assets as well. <laughs> yeah. Buy a house in Auckland, AJ. Yeah. Oh, here you go. <laughs> hey guys, stand in the street here, yeah? and today I'm asking, what is KiwiSaver, and when can I spend the money? Do you have a KiwiSaver account? Yes, but I'm cancelling that soon. I'm actually in the process of cancelling it. Why are you cancelling? I just don't see a point to be honest. I do have a KiwiSaver, I think it's good, but the only thing I disagree with is the house prices. You have to buy a house between 350 and 600,000. You can't get anything in Auckland for 600,000, so they need to change it based on where you lived, perhaps. Yeah. Can you um, use it when you like retire? Yeah, but yeah. See, I think that would probably be a better idea because if you're saving for a house, you're going to need more than what's in your KiwiSaver. So it could be like when you retire. Do you think KiwiSaver is a good idea? Not anymore. It used to be. I think it's good how you can't touch it because I say I have savings, but I always eat into my savings. <laughs> so if you actually want a house and you need that thing that you can't touch, yeah. Don't really have an opinion on it. I guess it's a good thing. My parents tell me that. So. <laughs> So the other thing we hear a lot about with KiwiSaver um, is around fees, and yep. they seem to be—I don't know. I mean, I got out some of the a KiwiSaver, and I just randomly chose a KiwiSaver provider and had a look, 
at the bit where they described the fees. And it just seemed like, you know, a little half a percent here, a percent there, or a dollar figure there. I mean, what are these fees? And what's what are they doing to my chance of living in luxury in retirement? Sure, yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a very fair question. And I know there's a lot of debate about uh, around fees and uh, what you're being charged. Um, but I, I guess the first thing to make, and that's really important, is that the fees that are charged are charged on the total of mo- amount of money that you have with that KiwiSaver provider, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have 50,000 in that account and they charge you 1% a year, it's 1% of that total amount that you basically give to that company for running that investment scheme, right? Uh, And arguably, this is a compensation for uh, them making the investment decisions on your behalf, right? Uh, So uh, they know where to invest, how to invest, uh, and that uh, that costs money to do uh, these investments. Uh, And that's essentially what you're being charged for, right? Yeah, so they could be... so regardless of my balance, I could have just started and be have five thousand in my KiwiSaver account, or I could have half a million. Yeah, they're still taking one percent. One percent. Presumably, yeah. they're still making the same investment decisions regardless of my balance. So yes, yeah. How fair is that? Like, should once my balance gets up a bit, shouldn't I get a bit of a discount? Can I negotiate them down a bit on that? Um, well, that's that's uh, yeah, that's that's also a fair question. And I, again, there's a lot of discussion about you know what what fees are um, reasonable. But I'll I'll start by saying this thing. Um, and that is that you're not stuck with the KiwiSaver provider that you're with. You can actually choose, right? right? So rather than going to your KiwiSaver provider and bargain with them, uh, you can actually shop around, right? Yeah. You can look at you know who's offering you a similar investment profile at a better price, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you can shop for these things. Um, yeah, in terms of whether these fees are fair, I, I don't know. Um, Again, this is a very, very long discussion that we can get into, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I know in the area of interest, we'll, we'll get away from fees, we'll get away from fees, and in the area of interest for you is um, active and passive management of investments. Can you talk about what that actually is? Because that is deep into financial jargon there, because... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and where you sit on that fence, and what... It, might mean for in the context of retirement savings yes yeah so uh yeah so when it comes to investment strategies there are basically two philosophies that 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 uh, fund managers take Um, one is the passive view and that basically says well you can analyze as much as you you want and you can have as many skills as you want Uh, you're never going to beat the market you're never going to make more than what the market gives you because there are no bargains there are no good deals there are no uh, good picks, good stocks, winners, or something like that, um, and that's the passive side. So passive fund managers basically say, "Well, we're not going to spend any money on research. We're not going to look into stocks that are going to win uh, uh, and get out of stocks that lose. We simply follow the market. So we take an investment philosophy that just replicates the market, and we'll just deliver what the market does. Right. So when the NZX 50 goes up, your investment goes up as well, and when the NZX 50 comes down, your investment comes down as well." Right, um, and that's a passive view investment. And I guess the big benefit of that type of investment is that it's very cheap. It's very very cheap to run this because you don't need analysts, you don't need to pay lots of people to do this. Uh, you you set up your investment strategy once and it just runs forever. 
um, in the US, uh, there's a couple of large uh, investment funds, exchange-traded funds, they're called, uh, and they operate very, very cheaply. They, they charge you maybe 0.05% or something on your total investment, so very, very cheap. Um, on the other side, you've got the active managers, the active funds, uh, and they basically believe that there are mispricings and that they do have skills and that they can pick the winners, right? And by selecting stocks, you know, uh, according to what they think will do well in the future, uh, they hope to deliver you a better return than what you can get over a passive investment strategy, right? Uh, of course, these analysts that select these stocks are expensive, right? Uh, Apparently, they have uh, very good skills, uh, and so you need to pay them a lot, right? And that's why uh, fees, I guess, are higher on the, these actively managed funds. Uh, and that can be 1%, 1.5%, 2%, or in some cases even higher, right? Um, so the high fees that you see with some of these funds come from the idea that there are fund managers out there that apparently can pick um, winners, right? Um, now, where I stand on this, um, I, I follow the academic literature and, uh, um, I mean, if we track this back, you know, measuring performance of investment companies goes back more than 50 years, I think, where people have been looking at, you know, is there actually evidence that these fund managers have skills in picking stocks? Um, and overwhelmingly, the evidence is no, this skill does not exist. Um, over a hundred studies that have looked into these things. Um, some work we've done ourselves on mutual funds, on New Zealand KiwiSaver funds, where we looked at act actively managed funds. We don't find any evidence that these active funds outperform passive funds, right? Um, and that then I think puts into question, coming back to the question on fees, you know, is it fair what we pay for? Um, I don't know, you're paying for actively managed funds, but the evidence sort of suggests that this active management doesn't really result in anything. So, um, yeah. I, I, I think as a, as a KiwiSaver investor, you need to be very careful and think about when I pay these high fees to a person who tells me that he's going to make more money, uh, do I actually get this extra money or am I just paying this person? You yeah. know? I mean, could we lose all our money? Could we lose a lot um, you can lose a lot of it and potentially you could lose everything, but it's, it's, it's very unlikely. So it's, it's not like some people believe it's not a government-backed scheme. There's no guarantee. Mm -hmm. So you make your investments and the risks that you take are the risks that you see in the amount of money that you accumulate, right? So say, you know, close to retirement, uh, you have all your money into uh, a growth portfolio uh, heavily tilted towards equities and there's going to be a big financial crisis and a crash in the stock market, you will lose a lot of money. That's the risk you take, right? Um, so that's one of the risks that you have. Is it is it likely that these KiwiSaver funds will go bankrupt? Um, not very likely because in a sense they are investment companies, right? All they do is they take your money and invest this in assets, right? And those assets are well diversified, so none of this will disappear completely. There will always be something left. Uh, and they just give you back what you've invested in, right? So there's, there's no real risk, I would say, of bankruptcy. Um, but there is serious risk in terms of fluctuations, in terms of how much you're going to end up with when you retire. Yeah. 
it's good good to know good to know that you're 40 yeah. years of retirement saving i was worried there for a second you're like yeah it all goes <laughs> up in, in smoke or i mean i guess that like um market crashes i mean that's these are not things we can predict what if you you know yeah, what is the cycle? Is the can you predict a crash? You know, I'm still <laughs> saying that. I just thought today, like a new, you know, news that you know we, we, the bubble's going to burst. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. what does that mean for KiwiSavers? Do we all panic? Uh, no, you shouldn't. You, you you shouldn't. And this is exactly the reason why I said, you know, when you get closer to retirement, um, this is actually when you start shifting away from these risky assets, right? So when you've got five years to go, you know, it might be a safe bet to move more towards your income assets, your safe and secure assets that are not too much exposed to these fluctuations. Uh, and say if you still have a long time to retirement, if you're still very young, uh, yes, those crashes will happen, but you have plenty of time to recover from these things, right? So you shouldn't be too concerned about these uh, bubbles and crashes. Um, I guess in, in terms of predicting these things, I, 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 I wouldn't go as far as saying that people can predict these things. I mean. Um, honestly, stock markets are, you know, as we call them, random walks. And there's a 50% chance it will go up and there's a 50% chance it will go down. So um, any person predicting a crash will have a 50% chance of being correct in predicting that. So, yeah. Thank you. AJ, mm. all right. Up, down. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a good chance. One of us will be right. <laughs> Somebody will get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we are ten years into KiwiSaver. Uh, how successful do you think it's been? Um, well, that's that's also, and I think that's a double question. I think because it's it's been successful in the sense that it made people save for retirement, right? Mm-hmm. Because well, you have to think about the situation. Well, if we didn't have KiwiSaver, uh, and you had your three percent mm-hmm. not taken away, what would you have done with that money? Would uh, you have saved that? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's an interesting question. Right, AJ. What I refuse you? to answer this question. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's a good point. I wouldn't yeah. have saved it. Yeah. Probably not. So well, maybe, maybe an older me could be more mature <laughs> and, and choose to save it. But at 23, I'm not ready exactly. to save anything. Exactly. Yeah. So in that sense, I think it's, it's, it's been a successful scheme in, in, in that it's sort of forced people to make these provisions for... for um, retirement um, in terms of do we have the funds with I think the best ability to generate retirement income um, I'm, I'm not too convinced I still see lots of funds out there that I think charge relatively high fees um, compared to I guess the alternatives you could get overseas and especially tilting towards you know the passive investment strategies that you can get really really cheap overseas um, we have very little options in terms of that in, in New Zealand. There's just a few providers that will give you those options. Uh, so I think there's there's uh, some leeway, I guess, yeah, for people to to look into. So what yeah. what would you like to see if if you if you were I don't know is it the Minister of Finance? Um, you know, you were in charge of making some changes to KiwiSaver and how it's run here. I mean, what what would you kind of be top of your list? Oh, top of my list would be uh, investor education, Um, telling people what the scheme actually is, how it works and the decision that you have to make and the importance of that decision. And I think there's uh, there there is some work and we've got the sorted website that helps you with that. But I think it's really important for people to look into these things and be aware that they are actually themselves responsible for their retirement money. 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm assuming in your situation, you're enrolled in this, you're in a default scheme, yeah. which means it's basically sitting in a bank account, mm -hmm. which almost certainly will never be enough when you retire. Right. Uh, somebody needs to tell you something and say, <laughs> look, what do we know? Have a look, have a look at this and make some decisions. And this is how you should make these decisions. This is yeah. how you should should move forward. So I think that's that's the biggest thing: investor education, make, making people aware of these things. Again, the second issue I think sits around fees. Um, but I'll say that I don't think fees is really an issue of the KiwiSaver providers. I mean, these are public companies. You know, they they. Uh, They've got a profit focus, right? Uh, the more they can charge you, the more they will charge you. And if you're happy paying that, if you don't leave them, then that's your choice, right? That you basically accept those fees, right? Uh, so this is the other thing I would uh, would be top of my list is making people aware and say, look, you know, these are the fees you're being charged, but you actually have options. You can change. If you don't like this, move somewhere else to a person who offers you lower fees. And when people start doing this, uh, start moving from you know the expensive providers to the cheaper ones. Uh, market competition will kick in and fees will actually come down, right? Right. Uh, but it will never come from the providers, right? Because they have no incentive to do this, right? Yeah, I mean, you talk about investor education, but I mean, human nature. You're up. You're battling human nature, and we are. I don't know. We're a bit rubbish at this sort of. Yes. You know, like it's like <laughs> making decisions about something that's. You know, so far in the future, um, yeah. you know, we're good at making decisions about what we're going to have for lunch. Not I'm not so even good at that, Helen. <laughs> 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 my retirement plan. I know. So how? So how do you get across that hurdle? How do we? How do we convince? Um, I mean, AJ, who's probably he'll probably leave this and go. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out who I'm investing <laughs> with, and then something will just, you know, like you might get distracted, yeah. and mm. and it just. Uh, yeah. See a butterfly out the window and it's yeah. gone out of my head. Yeah. Although yeah. I am editing this episode, so I'll be listening to this over and over again. <laughs> so maybe something will dash its way into yeah. my brain. So I mean, I guess yeah. How do you how do you how do you get across that? Um, yeah. You know, well, and that's a very difficult issue as well. Mm -hmm. And and there's a lot of research on this, right? On human behavior and uh, uh, the psychological and cognitive biases that we have as people. So, like I th said, one one thing you can do is really uh, educate people, uh, uh, and I think sit down and explain to people how this actually works and the decisions that you have to make. Um, providing them with financial advice. Uh, so, so many people always say, you know, go and see a financial advisor on these things. Uh, and that's actually not a bad suggestion, mm -hmm. right? Uh, when you're young, go and talk to a financial advisor who can explain you these things and the decisions that you have to make so that you understand what it actually is that you have to do. Because I think this is the biggest problem. People don't know what they have to do. Um, that is an issue. Um, more fundamentally, um, I would take it back and say, well, I think government actually has a very, very strong responsibility in making sure that people do make right decisions uh, because they basically pass this liability on to people and said, look, it's, it's not our problem anymore. Now it's your problem. Solve it. Um, but to me, with that comes a responsibility as well to actually, uh, you know, sit down and, and help people work through these things, right? So a couple of things have been suggested, right? So at the moment... Uh, for example, the default scheme, default, you fall into essentially a savings account with a, with, a, with a bank, right? That's your default scheme. 
um, the government could decide to choose to, uh, to change that and to say, well, instead of falling into that default, you fall into something that's a bit more tilted toward growth assets, right? So that if you don't make any decisions, then at least you've got a good chance of yeah. at least ending up with something when you retire, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah. So, for someone like me then, and I'm, I'm, I'm the millennial in the room, so I'm assuming there's other millennials listening. I, I use that word, I feel dirty. <laughs> um, what, what, what would be my next step then? Like, I've, I'm going to stop recording this podcast, and what do I do next? Like, what would be the next step for me to look at my scheme and, and look at yeah. and, and work out what I need to do? Yeah. So, so step one, I think, is figure out which KiwiSaver provider you're with mm-hmm. and what, what investment fund that you're in, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you want to have a really quick fix, I guess... Uh, go to the Sorted website, sorted.org.nz. Mm-hmm. Um, this is provided by the... Commission for Financial Capability. <laughs> I hope I got that name right. <laughs> it sounded like good, that. didn't it? We'll, put, we'll put links in the description of this Fantastic. episode. Fantastic. Sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they've got a website and they've got a bit of a tool, right? And there you can sort of fill this in. You, you fill in your profile uh, and they give you some recommendations of what you have to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to have more certainty on this... Um, seriously, go and see a financial advisor. Just, just go and you know it will cost you money once, but yeah. you know they'll take you through this and they'll explain the whole thing and they can actually work out with you. You know, how much are you going to need in retirement and what will this path look like and then what will your retirement life look like and stuff like that. That's that's what these people do, right? That, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's an option you have. Yeah. Cool. So what do you reckon, AJ? Yeah, I think. Um... How how's retirement looking for you? <sighs> It's looking pretty bleak at the moment. But, yeah. No, I'm never going to retire. You're going to you're going to you're going to be podcasting for life. Yeah, mm. then that's that's what I'm going to spend my KiwiSaver on is a, a podcast studio. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and um, you've got a better understanding about KiwiSaver. Mm-hmm. I, I think I do. I think I, I hope I do. I should probably do something about it. I know that much at least. Oh, well, yes, you should. Remember that, <laughs> remember that retirement full yeah. of cruises and uh, less baked beans, AJ. Yeah. Uh, again, if you want to get in contact with us, tell us how you feel about the podcast or even submit a question for a future episode, you can reach us on Twitter with the hashtag AskAUT. We're also on Facebook um, under AUT and uh, Instagram, Snapchat, all the social media channels. Come find us on that. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. You know how to whistle, now just Steve. You in head weighs eight What does Marcellus Wallace look like? What's the deal with Aquaman? What's the matter with me, baby? What's the matter with you? Big Anderson, what? How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? I say who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. What's the deal with airplane peanuts? You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? At this point, I'm too afraid to ask.